What is a critical conversation? A critical conversation is a conversation that, that reveals important content, not only about ourselves, but about other people. Critical conversations edify, heal, and provide substance. Join Latanya Harris Good as she introduces us to critical conversations right here on Trailblazing Radio. Hello, Hello, everybody. This is LHG. I am just coming to let you know that I am an independent paparazzi jewelry consultant. You didn't know that, did you? Well, now you know. So I would love to be your personal jewelry lady. Paparazzi is an amazing company. We sell nickel and lead free jewelry. We are known for our $5 bling, but you just need to know there is an exclusive Z collection that's $25. It's the bling of all bling. When you're really going out with the town and you want to show up absolutely fabulous. So we have items for women, for men, and for young fashionistas out there. We don't discriminate. If you need it, I'm sure we got it. You have the opportunity to follow my page on Facebook called Polished on Purpose, a VIP group. Follow my personal page, Tanya Harris Gooden. And I have my own website that is at your disposal 24-7. So many ways to shop. So let me be the one that makes sure you are accessorized the way you should be. Because I want you to be published on purpose. My mentor always tells me, when you show up, people are checking you out. They're watching you. So why not be polished, be poised, be purposeful? Glam it up with pop, honey. I got what you need. Good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining LHG, that is me, on Critical Conversations. Tonight, I have two incredible guests. We're going to have just an organic, authentic, honest 
conversation about a very important topic and really a few different topics uh, that kind of stem into our main topic. Uh, drug and alcohol addiction uh, is our main topic, but there's a lot of different types of addictions. So we're probably going to touch on a few different things. I need you to like and share and subscribe. Go on over to YouTube and hit subscribe at Trailblazers with a Z uh, radio and critical conversations with LHG is on YouTube now. Yes, your girl is trying to expand with these social media outlets. Y'all know online church mother struggles with this, but this is our world now, right? I got I to gotta do what we're doing. So also go on Facebook and like our pages so we can get our viewership up. And we are looking to reach 100 subscribers soon. And we need your help. All right. Announcements. We have a sister by the name of Coco Fenton, our, our COO of Trailblazers Radio. And she gave her testimony a few weeks ago about an autoimmune disease that she suffers from. And there is treatment available, but it is not covered by insurance. We have a GoFundMe set up. And thank you to everyone who has already given generously to this cause. We have a ways to go. I will make sure we get the GoFundMe in the comments so you can share, even if you cannot um support monetarily sharing this on your social media platforms is a form of support so help us to get this out there um she has a lot of pain that she experiences daily we as her sisters and brothers want to see her well uh yes we do believe in the power of prayer we never stop praying but we also know that god gave us doctors that come up with uh ways to help uh to get us closer to the healing that we need and in many cases insurance does not want to touch certain experimental treatment that could be effective that's a whole nother topic wonderful uh pharmaceutical companies and, and insurance companies yes but we just need your help to help her to get what she needs to have a better quality of life. You would never know that she was in so much pain because um, she doesn't let that be known through, you know, she does her shows. She's always praying for us, covering us, showing up, being there. That's just who Coco is. Uh, but we know, we know uh, what she goes through. And um, yes. Also, next week on Girl Chat Weekly, we are talking to Nanette Druilliard Murphy. She's going to be speaking at the 2023 Women Thrive Summit about divorce and about maneuvering through that and getting your life back. Well, why would you want to talk about divorce, LSG? You married. Yes, I'm married. That don't mean everybody else is, and that don't mean everybody else is happy. So you can form your opinions in your head. However, when I bring guests on, they talk about a lot of different stuff that affects not just you or me, but other people. Hello. Yes. So she's coming on to talk to us uh, ladies who have experienced divorce, maybe going through divorce um, and having a tumultuous time about how you can recover your life back and get back out there and continue living your life with a purpose. Yes. Divorce is not death. Yeah. And you know, I love marriage. It's a beautiful thing, but it's not for everybody in all seasons. So if you found yourself in that place, there is life after divorce. Yes. And she talks about that. 
Okay, and on Wednesday, Girl Chat is coming twice next week. Listen, Girl Chat Weekly on Wednesday, part two of the state of female friendships. In this month of women's history, celebrating each other, um, our stories, one thing that has been on my mind is how sometimes we miss the mark as it pertains to our relationships with other women. We allow way too much trauma to jump into those connections and the responses we give each other can be just downright trifling. Some of the TV shows we watch where they pulling off ponytails and snatching off shoes and throwing each other over bridges because of man or money or whatever, we don't, mm, not the best image. We can get along as women, even as African-American women. Yes, we can. We can. It's doable, honey. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we allow our experiences of being hurt, trust issues, mama issues, daddy issues, issue issues to keep us from having positive, uh, beneficial friendships with other women. So we're going to do part two of that along with the panel and talk about how we can navigate through that better. That's next Wednesday. So a lot of good stuff coming on. I've been posting about affordable housing. I'm putting together a panel to discuss affordable housing in different states. Uh, due to my own uh, having to move situation, I'm finding there's a lot of um, challenges out here and just trying to find property to rent. Things have changed since COVID and it's not easy. They make it almost impossible to just rent a nice, safe place. And when you hear the word affordable, it sounds good. But when sometimes when you see it, you're like, this is Beirut. I can't live here. And why is that? Affordable can't can't mean unsafe. I'm not out here trying to trying to have a SWAT team around me all the time so I can go to my house. So we're going to talk about that very soon. So stay tuned. Okay. All right. So I am going to pray and then I'm going to bring up my first guest. Speaking of women's history. I celebrate um, this beautiful woman, this beautiful apostle uh, that I met recently uh, when we were working together at Liberating Truths. The Elephant Speaks. Shout out LTC Detroit, Pastor Mo Edwards and Lady Tracy Edwards for a phenomenal mental health forum during the month of February. So I got a chance to meet Apostle Pam Morgan in that environment. Um, and she is amazing. I've watched her show. We'll talk about her show. She is dynamic. She's a fireball. And I can remember as a child in school, they will always ask you who your role models were. And we might say something like, you know, you know, Mary McLeod Bethune, Sojourner Truth, you know, you know, big names like that. Well, I would say my grandma, I would say my mama, my auntie, because I think role models should also be close. They should be touchable because when they're modeling their life, you know, I want to get to know them in that process. Sometimes people can be so far away. Oprah, she has, she my role model too. I, I love you, Oprah. If, you, if you're out there watching, we got to have lunch. But the chances of me and Oprah being in the same room, I don't know. So I like to grab hold to the role models that I can touch, that I can get to. And she is one of them. 
And I am so excited to have this conversation and for you to get to know Apostle Pam Morgan for yourself. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to bring her up and it's on and popping. Where y'all water at? Where my water at? I told y'all we don't come in here dehydrated or ash. Y'all got y'all water? All right, because it might get a little serious. Let me get a sip. Y'all get a sip. Mm-hmm. We drinks here. We drinks water in this podcast. We get our, our, our hydration on. Are y'all, y'all moisturized too? See, my arm is not ashy today. All right. So we hydrated, we moisturized. Let's go. Father, in the name of Jesus. Woo. It's been a little rough, Lord. It's been a little tough. And you know what I'm dealing with, but I'm pushing past that this evening because you have given me a mandate and I am staying the course. I'm staying the course because I know you have a plan for my life and a plan for all of our lives. And I want to align with your plan. I want to be in alignment with your will. I don't want to get involved in anything that's taking me out of your will. That's a dangerous place to be. And these eyelashes don't like danger. So God, thank you, God, for these guests on the show today. May something be said that will hurt, help someone that is hurting, that may lift a bow down head, that may give someone the hope that they need just to make it another day. Because life been lifing, the struggle been struggling, but you're bigger than the struggle. You're bigger than the things we face in life that, that make us want to retreat. You gave us life. So you thought we were worth saving. So apparently it's the reason why we're here. And even though the road gets rough in this human experience, we don't have to experience humanity without you. You're God and God alone. You can see all, you know all, and you're very aware of what we go through in this human experience. So God, do what you always do. Just show up, just be here with us as we talk about real life issues, about things that may have a stigma attached, but we ain't scared because it is what it is. We, we want to be healed, free, delivered, so we can have a better human experience, a better chance of just enjoying creation, enjoying each other, enjoying life, enjoying you, Lord. So thank you for doing what you always do. And that's just being in the midst. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, y'all. Without any further ado, I am bringing Apostle Pam Morgan to the Critical Conversation stage. Good evening, Apostle. Good evening, my dear. How are you? Oh, you know, I'm better. I'm going to be honest. These last couple of weeks been a little strange. You ever just felt like, like, what's happening? You know, like Twilight Zone-ish. But now I'm better. I'm better. And I celebrate that. How are you Thanks. tonight? I'm well. It's been a long day. Okay. And uh, and a good day. And Praise so I am, I am thankful to be here. I appreciate the opportunity I honor you. You are doing such an awesome job and your community work is just amazing. Yes, I salute you, my sister. Thank you, I, I really appreciate that. And I, this is really a part of what this show is about. We need to do better with honoring each other. And God has blessed me this past week, Apostle. You all know that I do sell paparazzi jury and I was given an opportunity to spend some time uh, at the cathedral, if you in Michigan, we call it the cathedral. 
down on Jefferson because one of the um, historic Kojic jurisdictions is having their holy convocation. And I got an invite to bring my jewelry there all week. Thank you, Jesus. Because yeah. it has been this amazing opportunity. And the wonderful thing is you don't have to belong to a certain you know, organization to fellowship. We got to get out of out of thinking that, well, I don't belong there. I'm not one of them. If we're in the body of Christ, come on now. We should yes. be together. And a lady came up to my table, Apostle. And that particular night, she had been given her uh, missionary certificate. They go through a process mm-hmm. uh, of, you know, training and things like that. And she laid it on my table, Apostle. And, and I said to her, what's that? And she said, it's just a certificate. I said, did you say just a certificate? Can I see that? And it said district missionary. It gave her name and it, it said the training she had gone through. And I said, you're a district missionary. So-and-so. She said, you just call me, you know, Lisa. I said, I want to honor you in your calling. Will you allow me? to honor you in the calling that God gave you. And she stepped back and she said, can you forgive me? I says, of course, because your humility is what made you not want to even acknowledge it. But I know you went through some training. If God has called you into the trenches as a missionary in the Lord's church, I yes. her. And I'm like, I want you to learn how to accept honor it's okay you all to accept honor it felt good to give it feels good to give honor it feels good so i need you all to understand with this women's month going on i'm extra sensitive because i want us to do better with honoring each other as women as human beings and whatever calling god has given us whether it's professional whether it's spiritual Whatever it is, we have got to learn how to be more supportive of each other in whatever walk of life we have. Would you agree, Apostle? I, I agree, absolutely. And and I, I think, too, that um, we have to learn how to embrace who God says we are, yeah. not, in a, not in a prideful way, but just simply because he said so. And yes, and so in doing that, we uh, we we give ourselves the permission to feel good about who we are. Yes, you know, um, and celebrate ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I think when we celebrate ourselves, it speaks volumes um, to other women that it's all right to feel good about who you are. Yes. <laughs> And to want to share, listen, I bring something to the table. You bring something to the table. And and it is given to us. The Bible says that the gifts are given to us for the people, for each other. And so I need to recognize the gift that I am to the body so that I'm willing to share my gift and give my gift away. God so graciously gave me the gifts that he has given me so that I could give them away to the people, you know, and he, and, 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 you know, he untied us from some things that had us bound. Right. And he untied us to ride us into the lives of people who need to see his power, 
and his authority and his ability to change a life. And so we got to be um, verbal about what God has done. We've got to be willing, you know, to walk in it and, and walk in it with, um, yes, with humility because God did it. We didn't, but, yes. but grateful you know, and showing forth the power of God in a life here on this earth, because you can read about Peter and you can read about Paul and you can read about, you know, all the disciples and even Old Testament, Elijah and, and Ezekiel. But we got some folks right here in the earth living testimonies of the yes. power of God to change a life. Yes, absolutely. And what I am learning in my my life so much of my life was spent in the shadows um, behind other people or um, just kind of ashamed being a, a large woman, a large child, a large, you know, teenager and dark skin. My complexion is dark. There were certain things and attributes that people would, would use against you. Uh, you know, they still do it now. It's, it's not gone. But back in the 80s and 90s, mm -hmm. you know, people made you know, a lot of derogatory comments about what was different. If you're too large, oh, that's a problem. You're too tall, you're too short, your hair too long, your hair too short. Everybody has something to say. So it took me a minute even to be comfortable in my own skin. And then going into the professional world, and I've been in, you know, in my job over 22 years in the, in the service industry, about 30 so all okay. I know is customer service, um, the attitude of servitude. That is my life and I enjoy it. So I've had a great run and having people to honor me in that aspect, it felt uncomfortable. Even my mm -hmm. trainees now, when they come to me, Miss Tanya, you, you helped us. I'm like, for real? Thank you. So I'm like, it's nice to know that your life's work is impactful. It's so good to know that what God has given you is making a difference to other people. Forget the naysayers. Forget what, yes. what they call the haters or whatever they are. Stand strong in who God made you. Be comfortable in your own skin, whatever that skin looks like, and just flow. And speaking of flow, when I saw you delivering a powerful training um, forum on addiction at liberating truth when i tell you you command the room when apostle pam morgan enters the room you know she's in the room she's not loud it's just a presence and when you are presenting the information professional yet relatable and then you have the spiritual and the clinical see i'm i'm an, a trainer and i train corporate but being in your presence brought the corporate and the spiritual together. And boy, was it was just phenomenal. I was holding on to every word, Apostle, because first of all, how many times have we been in church on a Sunday morning where someone allows us to be in a mental health forum during Absolutely. their Sunday service? Shout out LTC. Yes. That yes. was that's unprecedented for one. You may get a Saturday, you may get a Wednesday night after choir rehearsal when the mm -hmm. chicken is still frying in mm -hmm. the corner with one chair. But to be on a Sunday morning talking about mental health, addiction in a church, it was powerful. Yes. Powerful. And the information you gave, 
I, I took so many notes, but let me let me go back because I got to tell the people a little bit about Apostle Pam Morgan. Pam Morgan is a native of Detroit. Come on, Detroit. Detroit. Wife, that's right. A yes. wife, Minister Michael Kevin Morgan, mom of four adult children, and a grandmother of more than 20. Woo, come on here, Apostle. Her journey to help others began upon overcoming her own relationship to addiction, no relationship addiction, and addiction to crack cocaine, alcohol, and other drugs in 1991. She is a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, spiritual guidance counselor, business owner, professional development trainer, and the author of, let me make this a little bit bigger, Toxic Relationships, Another Addiction. Wow. Toxic Relationships, Another Addiction. We're going to talk about that. Is it love or are you just thirsty, boo? That's a whole word. Is it love or are you just, are you just thirsty? thirsty? Woo. Yeah. Biblically based and available on Amazon. Let's put a bookmark right there. Let's go back. So you have your own experience with addiction. I want to open it up right there where you can give your testimony that I'm going to bring our next guest. If Cedric, if you are ready, give me a thumbs up uh, because he connects with this topic. So okay. I want to be able to um, talk together about this. And I even thought about the word addiction and it's not just drugs. It's not just alcohol addiction itself. Um, it's a lot, it's a lot. And I am want to talk about my own struggle with addiction, but I'm going to give you the floor first. And Mr. BD, if you want to be in the comments, light them up, brother. I'm good either way. I want you to be comfortable. Um, so also, will you walk us through you ready, Cedric? Thumbs up. Okay. You know, while, while you're waiting, I'm wondering how I can tag your live to my page let's see i know i shared it from youtube to my page apostle let me see what if i can let's see we're gonna figure this out to your personal page apostle yes okay i think i think y'all hold on i'm still learning some of this stuff y'all okay Woo! thank you to our, our I'm, me too <laughs> i'm still learning Learning. Is it on your page? See, I don't see it on your yes, personal page. It's on my personal page. And I'm trying to tag you. Why isn't this working? Okay. I don't know why that's not working. But I'm going to do it a different way. Because it's on. Yep, it is oh, on my personal okay. page now. Let me see if I put your name in the comments. Will it, will it tag you that way? Let's try that, Apostle. Okay. Okay. I just tagged you in the comments on my page. So if you share that, then it should okay, put it I on just your shared page. it. Okay. Let me see if I got it. And I need everybody to share. If you're watching, yes. please share. We want this information to get out. We want this to be available to people because it's definitely going to be life-changing. So please share, share, share. If you're in the comments, let us know that you're here so that we can interact with you also. But we are here. 
All right. And Brother Cedric is ready. I'm going to bring him on. Welcome, brother. Are you muted? No. I can't hear you. There you go. Hey, how you guys doing? Thank you so much for being here and for being a part of this conversation today. Thanks. Appreciate that. Absolutely. Sorry. Absolutely. Apostle Pam is going to get together, and then we're just going to start talking about um, addiction, and we're going to just go from there. But everybody, share, please like, please subscribe, everybody, okay? All right, I got it on my page. Yay! I'm sorry, y'all. I'm cooking too. Do you want to unmute for a moment? You can, uh, you can do a mute if you need to mute. Oh. Um, okay. All right. Hang on. Okay. Hang on. But you guys can keep going because I'm I'm listening. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. All right, Apostle, you ready? I am. All right. So are we talking about drug addiction? We're talking about relationship addiction. You just kind of want me to share What's my testimony. Your testimony in general. Let's start there. All right. Well, um 1991 is where my journey of recovery and healing mm. um, began. And, you know, as you were talking about, you know, um, for so long being kept in, you know, pushed in the back and pushed aside, the scripture that the Lord gave me um, in talking about um, toxic relationships, when, when I, as I began to write about my journey, he gave me Isaiah 49 and 9. He says, say to those who are in spiritual darkness, come forth. And that's what I thought about when you were talking. Come forth. That's what the Lord is saying to us in this season. Come forth. He says, and show yourselves. Come into the light of the son of righteousness. And check this out. He says, there they will not hunger nor thirst. Neither will mirage mislead them or scorching wind or sun smite them for he who has mercy on them will lead them. And by springs of water, will he guide them? Listen, when you talk about, is it love or are you just thirsty? This scripture speaks to that because it says when, when you come out, uh, come out of spiritual darkness and come forth and show yourself coming into the light of the son of righteousness, it says that, mirage hunger and thirst won't won't lead you neither will mirage see wow. because when you're thirsty you become dehydrated and when you yes. dehydrated you you hallucinate and see mirages of who and what you want to see and need what you need instead of who and what is really there and that Ooh. is what i can identify my journey with in terms of um coming out of uh, uh going into a place in my puberty, you know, mm -hmm. as a teenager, um, looking for love in all the wrong places, but not knowing what to look for, yes, you know, because the relationship addiction was an issue for me before drugs were ever even in my life, you know? And so I have to start there because at 13, I went looking for love in all the wrong places. And of course, if you lost somebody, somebody that's looking um, 
for somebody to use is gonna find you. Yes, and, and that happened to me at 13. I um I was in a relationship, if you want to call it that, with a 22-year-old. Wow. And um just trying to fill a void, trying to find value, trying to to determine my worth in some with somebody else's approval. And that yes. that need for approval really um when you know comes from a place of growing up with a very young mother. My mother was 15 when I was born. And my father was 16 and he was not in my life. And I didn't know why he wasn't in my life. I just knew he wasn't. And I felt like it was because I wasn't worth having. And so there was this inner need to, to prove that I was worth having. Yes. And so somebody would just say all the right things. And, and yes. this person said the things that made me feel like I had found what I was looking for. Because nobody told me that there was a void in all human beings that needed yes. to be satisfied with God. Ooh. Had nobody, nobody told me. And that's why we got to tell the generations coming behind us. We got to yes. tell folks that the void, that emptiness, that, that thought you have something's missing i need something that that void is 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 god shaped and only god can fill it only and no amount no amount of anything not a human not a drug not food not shopping not money job uh, um uh jobs nothing can feel that void. It's not enough. It's always going to come up short and, and we're still hungering and thirsting after something. But, but that scripture tells us, you know, and other scriptures that if we hunger and thirst after righteousness, yes, after his righteousness, we've been made righteous in Christ Jesus. If we hunger and thirst after righteousness, we shall be filled. And yes. so there I was, you know, going through changes as a teenager and eventually getting married, thought I had found the answer to all my problems. Mm. Um, only to find out that I was still empty. And eventually I started using drugs and alcohol to try to, to fill the void. And, and, and initially it felt like I had found the solution because I was numb. I wasn't able to feel anything that I was going through. And, and that lasted somewhere close to nine, 10 years that I used, um, drugs and alcohol. I was, I was in my, my mid to late twenties when I started. And when the Lord brought me out, I was 34. And, um, and little did I know that drugs wasn't my only problem. So, yeah. So I stopped using the drugs, you know, the Lord delivered me and sent me to a 12 step program. You know, when you talk about community, you yes. know, he, he sent me to a 12-step program because, listen, listen to this, because six years before I started using drugs, I said to salvation prayer and received the gift of speaking in tongues. So so I, I had some scripture in me. I had not been discipled, but I had been listening to C, uh, um, um, cassette tapes because wasn't no CDs yet. I'm dating right. myself, right? And, <laughs> and so I have been listening to the word on cassette. Um, but but yet I was still smoking dope. I was mm -hmm. still drinking alcohol. I was still promiscuous um, because I was empty and I needed to know God, not just to be able to recite the words. See, come on now. We need 
to be able to have a we need a relationship yes. with the master and 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 so he he brought me to a place of untying me from the bondage of addiction and little did i know that there were some other knots that he had to untie wow. and relationships um toxic relationships all my relationships had been toxic listen it, not because not not just because I was in relationships with toxic people. My mm -hmm. relationship with my grandmother was toxic and my grandmother was not toxic, but because my mindset and my mm -hmm. belief system was so uh, uh, tainted and skewed, um, I thought that I had to be a people pleaser. That's where my people pleasing years started. You okay. know, with my grandmother, because let me let me tell you how children's minds work. At at seven years old, I was seven. My my brother was about two, and my mother. She remember she was young. So if I was seven, she she was no more than twenty two, right? Okay. And she had a little, you know, she had a job working at a little factory, and we lived across the street from my grandmother. Mm -hmm. And so every morning, she would um take us to my grandmother's for babysit, you know, my grandmother babysat. But on Friday, she would take enough clothes to last us until after, after she got off work on Monday. Okay. And so this one Friday, my grandmother said, my grandmother said, um, you know, you need to come home after work and take care of your kids yourself. Oh my. And my mama said, I don't know what you complaining about. I pay you to watch them. Ooh. Mm. And the, my little seven-year-old mind said, what if she stops showing up and paying her? I better earn my keep right. and my brother's keep. And I began to, to dust the furniture for my grandmother and try to wash the dishes for my grandmother. And she didn't know why I was performing. I, I became performance oriented. Okay. I believed that I had to perform in order to get people to accept me and keep me around. Ooh, wow. Wow. And that carried over from age seven until age 34, 35, when God began to deal with me about it. And let me tell you this, how he got my attention is because even in my relationship with him, I was performance oriented. I was trying to trying to make sure he he would continue to love me and keep me around as long as I performed, as long as I, I, I cleaned myself up, as long as I, you know, quit doing. And so, and so this is what happened. So I was writing my first sermon and smoking a cigarette, right? Wow. And, and, and um, I began to, you know, feel bad about smoking cigarettes because not because of God, but because of what people would think people would mm -hmm. smell it. Mm -hmm. And then I felt like God might just throw me away if I don't get this together. Wow. And he said to me, I love you just as much today as I did when you were a crack addict. Ooh, come on. He said, I can't love you no more than I've ever loved you because my love is perfect. He said, and if you never stop smoking cigarettes, my love for you will never change. He said, but but how much you gonna love you when it starts causing you problems in That's your body? It. When That's you get it. lung cancer from smoking, when you get throat cancer from smoking, he said these things. He said, how much you going to love you? He said, you need to stop smoking for yourself, not for my approval. And Ooh. that broke something in me. And I began to do the inner work 
that I needed. It didn't, it wasn't instantaneous. I was a people pleaser in every relationship, romantic relationship, my relationship with others in my family. I was a people pleaser because that's all I knew. And so God had to, I, I went through deliverance and it took time. It took a while. I went through deliverance uh, formally. And then I went through self-deliverance over the years where I had to check myself. I had to look at my behavior. I had to check it in with God. I had to to uh, uh, submit. You, you can't just resist the devil. You <laughs> have to submit to God. Yes. And, and so I had to continually submit myself to God present my body holy a living sacrifice unto him for this is your reasonable service this ain't even over and above the call of duty this is your reasonable service but check this out that scripture that's uh romans 12 and 1 1 and 2 it says and then when after you present your body to, to the lord and then you will know what is the good and perfect will of God for your life. You want to know God's will for your life? Give yourself to him. Because he can't trust you with what his will is for you until he got you. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's, That's good. true. That's good. So would you say people pleasing is an addiction, Apostle? Mm -hmm. I think it's a behavioral addiction. I do. I think that is, you, you know, you're getting, you're getting um, a, a shot of feel good when people are pleased with you, yes. you know, but, but even beyond it being an addiction, I think people pleasing is a learned behavior because your belief system is skewed. When you believe that you're only valuable, if you're performing, then, then you want to be valuable. You want to be valued and kept around. You don't want people to reject you. You see people pleasing is a direct result of fear of being rejected. Wow. I didn't want my grandmother to put us out now, my grandmother never would have. Here in hindsight, I know that. But as a seven-year-old, when I was a child, I thought and I reasoned as a child. Why? Because that's the only perspective I had was from a, a seven-year-old. But when I became a, a woman, an adult, I needed to put away childish things. But I carried that from seven years old to 34, 35, when God began to deal with me. Wow. Wow. I resonate very strongly with this people pleasing thing because there is a shot of adrenaline that I get when people say, you know, thank you. You know, you really, you really did that well. I mean, because growing up, oh, that's a rush. It's, it, a rush. It's, a, it's a rush, brother. It's a rush. Growing up, I didn't get that. I wanted my mom to say, good job. Good job, Tanya. You did your best, but I didn't get that. So sometimes when you don't get something in your childhood, you are looking everywhere to fill that void. And it even followed me in the workplace. I am very task driven. So much to where I crash and burn. Everything isn't for me to do, but I'll grab every project. Okay. And it's almost uncontrollable, Apostle. Like, why did I just volunteer for that? Oh, too late now. And I ended up getting uh, where I was once getting praised for for things. It turned into, but you beat you didn't meet the deadline. Well, I yeah. took on 17 projects, but none of them got done. That's right. So now you got the other, the depression. 
because where I thought I was doing great over here, now you're telling me I'm not as good as I thought? Yeah. One thing I thought I did great, now you're pretty much saying, girl, you ain't that great. Yeah. Nope. So yeah. that took me into depression because I just knew the one thing I did right was that dang on job. So I spent <laughs> days and days. I cut the lights on. I cut the lights out. I knew the, the cleaning crew by name. I should never see the cleaning crew. They'll come in at 8 o'clock at night. So I was burning the midnight oil trying to redeem. I've never mm -hmm. talked about this like this. Wow. Wow. This Listen. Is this making sense? That's powerful. Wow. I'm trying to redeem myself. I got to get back. I got to get back in the good graces. I got to get back to the top of the to the top of the scale again. Mm -hmm. I don't like just being a regular employee. I like to be the no, you need to go to Latanya because she is the bomb.com. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I don't want them going to nobody else. But what was it doing for me? Crash and burn. And if yeah, they didn't like me, I didn't like me. Woo. Come on. And you know what my grandmother used to say? She used to talk about being the jack of all trades and the master of none. Master of none. People, they don't and, to that part right there. Master of none. Yeah, because you are over the place. Scattered. You know? and, and your value is based on your accomplishments. Mm -hmm. You see, um, mm -hmm. recently I backed up off of some, some ministry for a couple of months because I know that there's something I need to hear from the Lord mm -hmm. and there's some things he's doing. I'm, I'm, you know, working on my, my new book and, um, I don't feel no kind of way about it. Like I'm, I'm good because yes. he broke me from being performance oriented. I am the most important person when it comes to my health. My God. I can't listen. Um, I do a training, um, professionally it's called put the mask on yourself first. Listen, if the plane going down, you better put the mask on yourself first and get some oxygen so you can help somebody else. And in this season that we're in, the plane going down. Okay, wow. the plane is going down. This world, this earth ain't going to last always. Mm -hmm. And in order for me to be who God had put me in the earth to be in this season, I got to put the mask on myself first. Ooh. And so I got to get my eight hours of sleep. I still, I'm still striving every night. I strive for eight hours. Yes. I, eight hours I don't care what time I got to get up the next day. Then I do the math yes. and go to bed so I can get up. You know, um, if I got a short work day, I might burn the midnight oil a little bit because mm -hmm. I know I only got to work three hours and I can get me a nap. I take old lady naps now and it's cool. <laughs> you know, I'm 66. I'm all right with it. You know, I acknowledge where I am yes. in, in my life physically Ooh, as well as spiritually. And I know that I'm running, I'm running a race, but I'm not running it to be the first one to get there. I'm trying to keep pace with God, right? Yes. And he's not going to put more on me than this frame can stand. Let me tell you, God wants to, in, he wants to um, expand our borders and increase our capacity. He will not put the anointing that he wants. Uh, he needs us to be able to carry a weight of anointing in this hour so that his kingdom can come on earth as it is in heaven. But he's not going to put more on you than you than you can bear. If you think about lifting weights, if you if you only can bench uh, 250 and you try to go for 350, it's going to crush you. Yes. 
It's going to hurt you. God is too merciful to put so much. Sometimes we want so much. We want to do so much. But God is saying, no, not now. Because you can't handle all this. And I don't want you to crash and burn. So he allows situations to come up in our lives Mm -hmm. to point to the fact that you took on too much, Tanya. You took on too much. Look at what's happening as a result of you being uh, a yes, uh, you know, they talk about yes man, a yes lady. You know, yes, I can. Yes, I can. No, just because I see a problem, don't make it my task. Apostle, come on. And that was me. Every problem, every problem, everything that could have possibly happened, I had to have my hands in fixing it. And that became, I think, addictive for me, a behavior. And it, it did have a lot to do with the rejection because I feel if you're not at least giving me some kind of praise, then you're rejecting me. There was no, it was either this or that. Black or white. It, it, there was no in-between for me. And I took that toxicity into the workplace. And then <laughs> what happens is you meet other people who bring their toxicity mm-hmm. into the workplace and you like your trauma meet their trauma and you like, uh-uh, we scrap it. Our trauma is scrapping in the parking lot. And listen, when, when you talk about either black or white, Many of us have that. It's called dichotomous thinking. Wow. It, 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 it's, it's, we either see things black or white. There's no balance. There's, wow. no, there's no middle point. And it's a cognitive distortion. Wow. It's, a, it's a thinking issue that comes from our belief system. Wow. So we got to go back and look at that. That's, I'm telling you, God took me back to look at where that people pleasing entered in with that statement that my mother made. I don't know what you complaining about. I'll pay you to take care of them. Up to that point, my heart believed that my grandmother took care of us because she just loved us so much mm-hmm. that she just wanted grandchildren at her house all the time. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. only to find out that my mother was falling short on her responsibilities because she mm-hmm. was a young mother. Yes. She party from Friday to Monday after work, you know? And, and, and my grandmother needed to be taken care of herself mm-hmm. as a grand. She was a young grandmother because she was only 30 when I was born. So she was close to 40 when we had this conversation. She might have been 32 when I was born. And, and, and so though she was a young grandmother, she still had to take care of herself and not raise another set of children. Right. You know, and so I know all that now, all that in hindsight, but the fear of being rejected and then mm-hmm. moving from that to relationships and yes. the fear of not being accepted and not being wanted. And then having my first job, uh, my, my first real job, um, full-time job in a bank where I was the one of two African-Americans. Wow. And, and, and the one other African-American worked downstairs in the vault. I worked upstairs mm-hmm. with all of, all of the Caucasian people who um up to up to getting that job now i'm talking about you know in my i graduated high school early so i might have been 19 um when i got this job but i graduated high school at 16. Mm -hmm. up until getting this job do you know i did not know that that um caucasian people didn't consider me equal to them wow so that was that was like rejection on a scale yes that i had never seen because I thought I was equal. Right. And, and the things that were said to me 
were said to me to tear me down. But I'm going to tell you, God still had a protective hedge around me. Because at this point, I still hadn't started getting high. Mm -hmm. You know, I might have drank a little wine at a card party, but I, I wasn't, you know, addicted to anything. But I'm going to tell you, when I came out of addiction, mm -hmm. somehow God had protected that mindset that told me the sky is the limit. I don't care. My blackness don't hinder me. Wow. I can do whatever God says I can do. And, yeah. and, and I'm telling you, that's how I came to that place of being the first African-American, not just female, but the first African-American business uh, owner that owns the type of business that I run in Michigan. And I wow. don't even know about other states. I just know in Michigan. And our business awesome. reaches other states. I told you when we were having a conversation, my business grew. It, it more than doubled in the pandemic. Yes. Because we reach other states via Zoom. Is that Key Insights Training? Yeah, that's Key Insights LLC. Yes. LLC. All right. I want to talk about the addiction. Okay. And I'm going to first start it off with my experience. Um, many years ago, I went to a church and I was, I think I was in my twenties and I've always been, I'm just going to be honest, really fearful and sometimes skeptical when people call you out of an audience and want to give you like a prophetic word. I was in my skeptical moment then. And this man stood me up, stand up lady with the glasses. And I stood up and he said these words to me. I'll never forget it. There is someone that is going to stop drinking because of you. I'm like, well, who is that? That ain't no, that don't sound good. That don't sound, what kind of word is that? I don't even know what that means, sir. I kept a straight face. And then he also said, you're going to have a marriage ministry. Dude, these dudes I'm dating ain't even trying to hear about. They ain't even taking me to get a chicken wing and a, and a pop. And you up here talking oh, about some dang on marriage ministry. Bruh, you off, you off. I'm thinking this in my mind, you off. I'm going to just I'm gonna play it out like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Fast forward. I dated a guy. Sweet as pie. But he kept a secret from me for as long as he could keep it. Because he showed up at my house. Is the word inebriated? Is that the right word? Yeah, he was wasted, drunk. Yeah. He was. His whole face looked different. He was argumentative. And I'm like, who is this person? Because that's not who I fell in love with. But he could no longer hide it. You met the representative. I met the yes, representative apostle. And it, it startled me. But I felt like, okay, no, okay, we can do this. We can do this. Okay, what do you need? Like, can you just stop? I mean, like, what do we have to do? Because he would go from being sweet, and then once he started drinking, we got put out of the movies. We got put out of all kind of, it was like an incredible Hulk factor. Yeah, well, that's and what addiction is. And I'm telling you, it made, it. I loved him. Even to this day, I pray he is still sober. But I, four years of walking him through going to detox and watching him try to, to transform from one thing to another and how low he sank. And he would get so low to where he's like, I feel like nothing. 
and some of the things he would say, I'm like, where is that coming from? Then I thought about that prophecy. And I'm like, here wow. we are. I don't know nothing about alcoholism. I'm finding books. I'm finding articles. I don't know what to do, but just be here. So he went through detox. Um, unfortunately, we did not. Well, maybe not unfortunately, but we did not stay together. But at least I saw him well. Okay. He well. A few years later, my, my relative, I got a phone call saying we need the next to Ken because we have we got to get into your relative's house. When I heard that, I'm thinking, he's gone. They hadn't heard from him. The neighbors saw him strung out on the floor and didn't know whether he was dead or not. I got there. I had no idea that my relative drank at all. But at this point, it was so far that his liver was affected. But he had suffered several losses back to back. And I want to know if this could possibly have contributed. He lost his mom, his marriage, a brother, a niece, his house. That's just to name a few. Oh, yeah. To be honest with you, I'll just chime in real quick. Yeah, so. Yeah, brother Cedric. Well, loss, you know, I'm no stranger to it and all that kind of stuff like that. Um, yeah, that, I mean, that can fuel like in your addiction and all that kind of stuff like that. Like for me personally, my, um, recovery story, just like, um, Miss Morgan said, mine is, um, 2016 and, um, I'm a combat vet. So that kind of, that stigma kind of goes with it. Wow. But to be honest with you though, like addiction, especially like in the military, I mean, they kind of go hand in hand. The reason why I say that is because um, when you're serving and when, you know, you're celebrating milestones, stuff like that, you know, it's always drink, 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 and drink, and all that kind of stuff like that. So, I mean, it kind of goes with that. But, I mean, to go back to your point, like, yeah, so uh, 2014, I, like, I lost my, um, lost my wife, you know, to a pulmonary embolism. So and so... That sent me into this big old fat spiral of, you know, I don't have anybody, you know, it sent me into like, you know, what they call them like AA and NA, like the stinking thinking and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you don't have any other way to deal with what you're dealing with. So, you know, like Ms. Morgan said, you know, you take drugs or you do whatever to numb yourself or take away, take away the pain, you know, just to feel like nothing for a little while, mm -hmm. you know? So um, I'll keep it short. Like, so I got really, I mean, we, you know, that was like in my, in, you know, around me all the time when coming up and all that kind of stuff like that. However, though, I didn't really think that it would be like the, um, the thing that would kick open the door for other things, Okay. you know, like ecstasy or Mo ecstasy mm -hmm. or Molly, uh, cocaine, you know, um, to be honest with you, I'll be honest with you, my favorite drug choice was like crystal meth. Okay. So that was like strung out on that for like years. Wow. You know? Wow. It's, it, it is crazy, you know, she said she went to a 12-step program and stuff like that, and so I did too, mm -hmm. you know? Um, the one thing, you know, that she might have failed to say or something like that, but, you know, for me in the program, is like 
you know, that connection to a higher power like God, you know, they, they stress that a lot because that's your anchor. Yes. You know, yes. That's your anchor when you're drifting off, drifting off this out the sea and stuff like that, you know, you can count on God, you know, you can throw the anchor back out there and you're right there and you can go, okay, well, I don't know what I'm going to do right now, but do at least I'm anchored for yeah. now. We can figure it out. I can pray about it. We can do whatever to figure it out. But now I'm anchored. And, you know, they press that a lot, you know, like part of the spiritual principles and all that kind of stuff like that. And then the other thing, and I'm pretty sure Ms. Morgan can attest to this, is like um, when you're in those programs and stuff like that, a lot of it is a lot of introspection, self-inventory, you know, Forgiveness of yourself, forgiveness, you know, looking to get forgiveness from others, even if you're not even going to see or hear from this person again, you know, the, but, but the biggest thing was like that self-introspection, that inventory. And, you know, for me, it's still an inventory to this day. Um, you know, I don't want to say that I'm always going to be an addict or anything like that, mm-hmm. but, you know, I think the difference between how I look at it and how other people look at it is I know what I am, who I am, and all that kind of stuff like that. And that gives me the freedom to move in certain ways, to like move in certain ways. You know, I explain this to um, explain this to people all the time. Like the difference between me and you is that I'm cool with who I am and I understand who I am and I got freedom in that. I don't have to worry about, um, you know, worry about um, the stigmas or anything like that kicking me in the ass or anything like that, mm-hmm. you know. But like I said, like um, I want to give a shout out to Miss Morgan for like, you know, for, you know, kicking your addiction and all that kind of stuff like that because I mean I know you had to put in a lot of work for that, a lot of work, like probably like a lot of introspection and stuff like that. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, dude. If I didn't like reconnect with um god or anything like that if i don't reconnect with um with god i don't you know i don't even know if i'd even be here talking to god right now that was the one thing that you know in all those meetings you know that saved me and the other thing about like you know in being in recovery you like she like miss morgan said about a community you gotta have some people that actually care yes about you i you know and i gotta give a shout out to um the guy, you know, who, you know, he was in our group. He was a leader of the group, but he would always press, challenge, push us, all of us to think beyond, think beyond our addictions, think about like what we want to do with our lives. Like, how are we going to, how are we going to feel like that void or whatever, like that, that God shaped hole? stuff like that. So I feel mine with God. I feel mine with family. I feel mine with work. Now, is it a struggle? Of course. Every day you're going to get triggered by something or by someone and it's going to make you want to go back to being that person that you were before, that ugly person that you were before, that mean person that you were before, that spiteful person that you were before when you were using and stuff like that. But Thank goodness, you know, there's tools, at least my tool is I'll stop and go, okay, God, is this really worth it? Is this worth my time? Is this worth my energy? Mm-hmm. Is this worth me going back to go pick up again? Wow. No? Okay, then 
it's time to move. It's time to um, keep it pushing and do something else. And I always try to do that. You know, is this worth my time to go back and, you know, keep using and or anything like that? And I can say right now it's been 2023 and stopped. And as a matter of fact, I stopped on my birthday. Stopped on my birthday. I was smoking a joint with a friend and everything like that. And just for some odd reason, I don't know. And well, I know now because it was God, you know, telling me, hey, hey, boy. You know, sounding like my dad. Hey, boy, you need to, you need to go ahead and put that down, man. I got, got some plans for you. Yes. Still don't know what his plan is at this point, but mm -hmm. I'm trusting in the process. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So, and if, if being um, if being so, if being sober is part of the process, then hey, let's go. Just wherever you want to take me, man. I'm gonna be there with a sound mind and a sound body, and you know, being clean and sober these days is awesome because. There's yeah. no brain cloud. There's no, mm -hmm. you know, this weird haze or anything like that. It's all sound thinking. Yeah, I'm going to make some mistakes. I ain't, you know, right. I'm not going to worry about that, you know, but as long as I'm making the mistakes and growing with a sound mind and, you know, and a sound body and stuff like that, you know, um, the biggest thing, you know, for me, honestly, is, and it's not nothing really that I worry about, you know, but, you know, it kind of takes me back a little bit is like those people you know that i hurt when i was in active addiction addiction like the people i lied to the people i stole from you know the people that you know i did really shady you know crap you know to get what i get you know just to get the bag and all that kind of stuff like that and some of them i've apologized to a lot of them you know, they won't speak to me anymore and stuff like that. And for a good reason, you know, I hurt them in a way that, you know, they didn't deserve to be hurt. Right. So to remedy that, forgive myself, pray that they forgive me one of these days and stuff like that. I mean, I see them around a lot and stuff like that, but I don't go pressing in their, pressing in their face or anything like that to ask for forgiveness. You know, it's, um, it's on them. I just go, I'm gonna forgive myself. And if they want if they want to forgive me, then it is what it is. I mean, I know that um through um scripture, you know, that we're supposed to forgive you know, you know, seven times seventy, like yes. for every pretty much offense mm -hmm. and everything. But I understand, you know, when you hurt people deeply and stuff like that, and they thought you were one way mm. and you wind up turning to be another another person because of your addiction and this that's the thing like you said the incredible hope you know addiction is like Jekyll and Hyde you know I'm a fairly laid-back person you know but get me on a couple of drinks and you know some other stuff and you're gonna see like somebody else okay and that's scary. well that part was scary for me mm -hmm. you know well, let me say this, Brother Cedric. I want to thank you for even reaching out. I think it was admirable of you to even say, you know, this topic is is important to me. I would like to be a part of this conversation. You could have picked any any one, but for you to want to come on and, and agree to just talk about that, that's huge. And I'm I just wanted to say, you know what, that's 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 big of you to share your story. 
And to be open and honest about something so personal, I'm proud of you for that and for the work you've been doing uh, and the tools that you are, you know, using to make different choices. Because I can't speak to this the way yourself and Apostle Morgan can. Um, I have people in my life that have dealt with this, but you two have actual experience. I was a family member, you know, just trying to understand why my family member was so convinced that they were useless, nothing. I mean, I had never seen a man cry until I saw my relative just break down. And it, it, it hurt me so bad. Like what got you here? You know, but all the things that I named probably contributed to it. So much loss. And it could be rejection issues. It could have been abandonment issues because sometimes you don't know everybody's story, even though you share the same DNA. You know, they may not tell you what they've gone through in their childhood or what they, you know, what Apostle shared about her relationship. I had something very similar at the age of 14. My boyfriend was over 40. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, my addiction was relationships. Mm-hmm. I needed to feel like I mattered. And in my opinion, I'm not a doctor at all. But to me, it's two things people want to do. They want to believe and they want to belong. To me, yeah. that's the basis of life. I want to believe in something, be it a higher power, mm-hmm. be it whatever you want to call it. And I want to belong to something. And if either one of those are in jeopardy, I'm going to search for somewhere to belong. And unfortunately, there were predators out there and they could smell my vulnerability. Big girl, dark skin with a jerry curl. It was a triple problem. <laughs> it's a triple problem. And the first, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. And back in the day, that, that wasn't that wasn't cool. That wasn't cool. But there were people and predators out there willing to say, Well, I you can belong to me. I think you're beautiful. I think you're this. I think you're that. Mm-hmm. And what could have happened to me is I could have been kidnapped, killed, who knows? But God kept me. Even in those decisions, God kept me. So now when I look at people being human trafficked, that could have been me. Yes, me I'm too. I'm like, Lord, you kept Lord Jesus. I put myself in predicaments where I could have been in somebody's trunk up under the up under the Ecuadorian equator. Somewhere, God knows where, but he chose to keep me and I live. But now it's like, I'm, I'm careful. I have a 20 year old and I'm sure she'll tell you, I am the overprotective mom because I know what I did. I know where my mind went. I have to make sure she knows that she's loved, that she's beautiful, that, that what real love looks like. It won't make you compromise, you know, not compromise so much. I could have had all kind of diseases. I could have been that girl on Maury Povich 12 times looking for the baby daddy. That's why when I watch that show, I don't be, listen, I be praying like that could have been me. They be laughing and joking. I'm like, you know what? Y'all don't know what people are looking for. Yes. Yes. She nasty. She a H-O-E. She a this, she a that. But you don't know what took her there. You don't know who walked right. out of her life or him. It ain't just a female thing. It's not. 
it's not a woman thing. It's a, a human being yeah. longing for love to believe and belong. It's a human condition. Yes, yeah, ma'am. Yeah. Yes, it is. And yes, ma'am. Yeah, the crazy thing about addiction, like it makes you desperate like that. You know, that's man? it. Desperation too. Yes. Yeah. And desperation to for me erodes my reasoning. Now, Tanya, some part of you should know that if you 14 and he coming up here looking like Jimi Hendrix, <laughs> it's not right. You can't introduce <laughs> yeah. your parents. This this man could be your father. It is you know you know it's wrong, but it feels good for someone to say, I love you. They may not even mean it. Oh, yeah, you laughed on that stuff. You're loving no kid. That was wrong. But I gravitated to it because I wasn't getting that feeling anywhere else. Yeah. I was addicted to the feeling of belonging to somebody. And I took that same thing into relationships further along in my life that I knew wasn't God-ordained. But I just wanted somebody. Just somebody. Knowing that we're not compatible, it, it probably won't amount to nothing. But today and right here, you here. Just say you love me. Just say that's it. Right. We ain't even yeah. got to say it. Yeah. Say and that's another know. crazy thing about addiction. It makes you numb. Addiction makes you numb to like the stuff that's going on around you. Like, you know, just like you said, you know, you know, you wanted to be loved, but you know, who knows? This crazy dude could have put you in harm's way, like for sure. Yes. And stuff like that, but you walk around with, you know, blinders on because you don't see like the whole picture. You just seeing like what's in front, and you know, I mean, like I said, that's the for for me at least anyway. That's the dangerous thing about addiction is that you're um, you're hurting your well, you're hurting yourself mainly, and you know, and part of my friends want to say this, you know, you're hurting yourself and you don't really give a fuck about you know hurting yourself, but the more dangerous part of that is that your addiction and you know your lack of self-control or lack of you know self-love or whatever like that and all that addiction you know you're pulling other people down with you and you don't even know you know who you're um pulling in the toilet bowl with you you know you can be pulling your wife you can pull in your kids you can be pulling like other family members friends all these other kind of people you know and because they care about you, they want to help you. But, you know, when you're in an addiction, whatever it is and stuff like that, you know, you don't care about, you know, hurting other people and stuff like that. And, right, right. and, and that's crazy. Welcome to the stage, Coco Fenton, my fellow podcaster on Trailblazers Radio. Thank you for being here, sister. I want to talk about the road to recovery. Let me say something. And I hope this don't come out wrong. I have been to meetings with my um, family and what concerned me, and maybe you all can explain why they say this. It's always recovering. They never say you're healed of it. And I used to wonder, why can't you say that? Is it because you can re relapse or apostle? Why is it you're a recovering? You can't, it's never like a, I've been healed of. Can you explain that? The same reason why you a sinner saved by grace, working out your soul's salvation. Amen. It's a process. Amen. It is. And 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 here's the thing. So if if I'm recovered, 
does that mean God have fixed me so that I can use what I can do it in moderation and not overdo it? Would he mm. want to fix me so mm. I can drink sometime? Would he want to fix me so I can do one crack cocaine rock? Why would he want to do that? No, it's, it's a process of living my life one day at a time, totally sold out to God. That's all. It's, yes. it's really simple. And, and I still... I, I don't have any problem with saying my name is Pam and I'm an addict in, in the right setting. I know that there are people who don't understand it. And so I don't present that to people who don't understand it because I ain't got time to explain it. Yes, but, but but what I know about me, and I really like what you said, Cedric, about you know yourself and you understand your your journey. You know, I understand my journey. Listen, quiet as it's kept, some of us addicted to carbohydrates. You can't do one. Listen, <laughs> and, and, and it's a and, and it's a part of the brain. The brain will not allow you to do one bag of chips or one. Lay's knew when they made the chips that you can't eat one. Snickers <laughs> has a whole commercial yes. about you turn into a diva when you don't get a snicker and you get a snicker and then you come back to yourself. Yes. And so the brain craves. Yes. I personally, my issue was drugs and alcohol. Mm -hmm. My issue was attention and trying to fill a void with whoever or whatever. Am I ever going to be at a place where I can walk away from God and that won't resurface? No. If I walk away from God, it's going to resurface. Yes. And, you Always. know, I've had believers, I've had believers say to me, don't say that. You better say it. You yes. better understand that if you don't walk with God, you're going to walk with the enemy because ain't no other walk. Come on, going This way or that way, ain't no other walk. And so, yeah, I recognize my, I recognize my weakness. I recognize, but, but when I'm weak, he is strong. Yes. And so, so it keeps me humble. It keeps me, it keeps me in a place where, you know, sometimes people don't like to say I'm humble. Humble just simply means you teachable and you willing to follow God. That's all. That's you willing all. to follow his word and his way. Listen, listen. If I wasn't willing to adhere to God's way and his direction, I wouldn't be sitting here right now. If wow. I wasn't willing to adhere to God and his direction, I wouldn't own a business. Wow. I wouldn't be. And, and you know what else? Maybe I would have started a business, but I'd probably be in jail for tax evasion because God. it took God to make me pay taxes. Come on, it yeah. took my relationship with God to teach me hmm. how to live. And so, yes, I'm in my process. I'm in the process of getting better every yes. day. And and I, am I afraid that if, you know, if I make a mistake or if I don't say I'm an addict that I'm going to use? Absolutely not. Sometimes sometime I, I, I'll say my name is Pam and I'm an addict just to ruffle other people's feathers <laughs> because, because I know I know they need to understand this dilemma. You better always recognize you a sinner saved by grace, working yes. out your soul salvation because you in a process. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And I think that we have in the in the religious community have this this thing where don't say that, don't speak that, don't claim that. And I think that has caused us a disservice because we don't come clean 
about what we're dealing with because we're so afraid of what other people will say. Like, <gasps> and in therapy, when we start our therapy classes and we go around the room and we say our name and what we're there for, and I would say I'm here for anxiety, depression, and PTSD. Yep, those were my diagnoses. I'm just a save. I ain't perfect, but I got at least two teaspoons of the Holy Ghost that activate every day. So, but I still deal with these things in my life. They still, I'm, I get triggered by certain things. It doesn't make me any less saved. It's just that I'm learning the tools to be able to maneuver through certain life experiences so that I don't fall into that, that rut that I was in. And for me, my, I was born, you know, into a, a church going family. They believed in no movies. You know, no, if it ain't, if the show not about Jesus, if it ain't Little House on the Prairie or, you know, TBN, you know, the, the Trinity Broadcast Network, don't watch it. Don't drink, don't smoke, you know, don't wear red lipstick, don't cut your hair, don't wear, you know, your knee high too low. I mean, it's just all kind of stuff. So when I was exposed to just having a social drink, I was a social drinker and I was okay. But when my diagnosis came and when life hit, I started having a little more than social. Yeah. I would be at home knowing that nobody can see me and nobody would know. Then it became like medicine. I had a really rough day. Let me have a drink. I've never expressed this. But listen, I listen, if you can't get honest, you can't get free. I'm telling, and that's why I put in my post, I'm getting free today. I'm getting free today. So for me, maybe you can't do a social drink if you still hold too far. I'm not saying don't I can't do a social drink. I haven't had a social drink in 32 years. I don't play, I don't play with my life. That's this right. is my life. God yes, gave me a, a, a second chance, an opportunity. Yes. To live, you think I'm a squander it on a drink or a drug? Oh no, no sir, no ma'am. I listen. I guard it, and 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 when I guard it, I guard it from people who might not understand it. You know, um, uh, I I, I felt offended once. I, I and I have to realize my friend just simply didn't understand um, my life. You yes. know, because we went out just, you know, to have lunch and she ordered wine and it's like, oh, you don't understand my lifestyle. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't do social drinking and I prefer not to smell it. And am I afraid that if I smell it, I'm going to use, no, it's just not a part of my environment. Right. It's just a, a way that I choose to live, yes. you know, and I, and guess what? I get to choose that. Yes, you do apostle. And I don't make no apologies for it right. because this life has been good to me. Mm. And I, and, and because I have not altered my mood or my mind in 32 years, with the exception of being, having major surgery and having to take opioids, you know what I'm saying? Yes. And then you get off of them before you come home, right. you know, you, you wean down you and you do, you take care of your business. When I came home after pancreatic cancer and I had Whipple surgery, I gave my prescription to my daughter to dole out to me as prescribed. And mm. somebody asked me, were you, you afraid that with all these years clean, it was, that was um, 13 years ago with all these years clean that you, you would be at risk. I, I think I had 17, 18, 19 years clean or something like that. Mm -hmm. You think you would be at risk to use. Let me tell you something. Opioids don't know who I am. 
Come on here, Apostle. Opioids don't know I'm Apostle Pam. That don't mean nothing. Your body gets addicted to opioids without your permission. Your body gets addicted. It's so many people in the body of Christ, in the church that's addicted to pain pills because the doctors don't give the warning and we go in and we get medicine for what hurts. And then we find out that when I take this medicine, not only am I not hurting uh, physically, but I ain't thinking too much about the emotional stuff that's going on. That's right. And and you start taking more than prescribed and before you know it, you got a habit. Yes. You know? And so, so yeah, I had to have um morphine for my mm-hmm. for my surgery and I had to have pills for that first week and a half to two weeks. But after that I was on over the counter Tylenol and I got a, a, a incision, a scar that's wide across my uh, across Ooh. my uh my belly. So yeah. you know but I I have had to manage this life and without the leading and the power of the Holy Ghost, I promise you I couldn't do it. Now mm-hmm. it might be somebody out there that can not me. And so I know, I know what side my butter is breaded on. Listen, I got to stay right where I'm at with my walk with the Lord. And so, yeah, I'm in a process. I'm in recovery. You, you, you doggone tootin'. And I am a sinner saved by grace uh, and and working out my soul salvation with fear and trembling. You better shake in your shoes because this ain't (laughs) no walk in the park. Come on. Wow. Salvation ain't no walk in the park. The enemy is always on your heels. He always after you. Why? Because you are a threat to his kingdom. He don't want you to stay free. He wants you back in his grips so he can use you. But the Lord, the master has need of you and he has untied you to ride you into the lives of other people so that they can know that he is a powerful God. He is almighty, all powerful, and he will bring them out like he brought you out. Wow. Yes, ma'am. I'm just tired of the fakeness. I just feel like in the body of Christ, we have, we, we need to get to a point where we're just honest about our human condition and not worry about what people think not worry about there is so much stigma on mental illness on addiction sure how out to the churches that have aa and a meetings come on oh, I've listen, been to those. listen what we expect that people want to cover it up they don't want you to get honest they don't want you to be transparent and be naked but they put clothes on jesus on the cross you know jesus was naked mm-hmm. but they put clothes on him why because they want to cover your shame mm. But when you're not ashamed anymore, I'm not ashamed of where I come from. Yes, ma'am. Because I'm only guilty of one thing, trying to do life without the Lord in my life. Wow. That's all I'm guilty of. You're supposed to fail at it when you try to do life without the Lord as your guide and your crutch. Lean on him. Yes. Lean on him. He told me this. I got to tell you this. So I was sitting one day. He had brought me out and, and I was writing. I, I, I do a lot of writing. I did a whole lot of journaling when I came out because I realized now he was literally, I was reading that word. I was eating that word like, like a mad woman. You know, I was thirsty. I was hungry mm-hmm. and I, and my life depended on it because I couldn't no longer go on using man. I couldn't mm-hmm. go on using, using food. I couldn't, I gained a hundred pounds my first year clean. I couldn't go on like that. And, and I was eating that word and eating that word. 
and 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 something happened and i was in dialogue with the lord and he said he said pam pull on me like you pulled on that crack pipe pull and hold it Woo. yeah i never forgot i got to pull on him and hold on yes yeah, yeah. Like with that same desperation. Ooh, yeah, and you know, just like would you say with desperation? That's the one thing that got me um, out of um, my little funk. Funk is that desperation. Like, Lord is like really got to be something, you know, better than what I'm doing right now because yes. I'm I'm kicking my own self in the behind. I'm doing other people wrong and stuff like that, but. So like what you're asking, um, you know, LHG about relapse. Well, yeah, that's possible. You know, as like you know, and Pam, um, Pastor Pam can um, attest it is. You know, being an addict, being an addict, I'm one decision away from going back to where I was at. One bad decision away from going back to where I was at. So I have to mind my thought processes. Just like you said, it's a process. You know, just like you said, one day at a time. You know, one day at a time, being grateful, being, you know, showing gratitude to people and just saying to yourself, like, I don't have to do this today. I don't have to use today. I can keep going, living life without having to use, be numb or not present, you know, because, I mean, my addiction, just to be honest with you, it it cost me. Mm. I mean. And you know, Miss Morgan, you're probably attest to it too. I mean, you pay dearly. Okay. Yes, you pay dearly for your addiction. Your, you know, Miss Morgan's price not be as steep as my price or the next person's price, but you pay. You pay. You pay. It's, it's costly. You know, I know God, know other combat veterans like me who. Got addicted like the alcohol, like one of my best friends right now. You know, God bless his soul. I haven't heard from him in like three months. Oh, I mean, I know he's an alcoholic and stuff like that, but I mean, he lost, you know, his children. You God. know, he lost um oh goodness, he lost his house, mm. you know, because of it. And, you know, I I pray for this dude. I and mean, he's a guy that I've, you know, got a real good camaraderie in a a brotherhood with you know because you know just as a sidebar being a being veteran and stuff like that that's the one thing i miss is mm-hmm. that camaraderie and that brotherhood mm-hmm. and i mean and i know um miss morgan can attest to this too when you're in them rooms and aa and all that kind of stuff like that you really do besides your higher power you really do need a community of other folks because the one thing i you know that they've always told me is um what is it they say? Um, you can't, you know, you can, you can only give things away. You can't hold on to them. Like those experiences, like, you know, with, you know, being an addict and all that kind of stuff like that, or like the lessons you learn, you know, coming into recovery that you can share with other people, you know, we can only give all that stuff away and everything like that. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping and praying if I um, get a hold of them, um, Get a hold of my friend, you know, just to tell him, hey, dude, I love you. And, you know, yes. I'll be praying too, brother. Just come back, dude. And, um, you know, he's the one that got me, that um, helped me get into um, 
some of the rooms like AA and all that kind of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the one thing I want to say, and I don't know if Miss um, Morgan can attest to this stuff like that, but I was really at first really skeptical about going into those um going into them rooms because you know pride, you know that'll that'll be your downfall of being careful and all that kind of stuff like that. So I was like, oh, this ain't me, you know, I'm not really like this, right? And everything like that. But when you start hearing other people's stories, mm-hmm. their, their testimonies and how they got through in the first thing I thought in surprise was like, well, well, damn, we're not all that different. Mm. And I can hear God in my head going, told you, <laughs> I told you, I told you. And I was like, okay, so yeah, that was um that was a, the moment right there. Once God said, "I told you," that's when I really took it serious, and I was like, "All right, God, you know this is this is the course we're going on. This is where we're going, mm-hmm. or this is where you take. This is where you're pointing to go." Okay, as long as you got the flashlight when Come it gets dark. Here. Yes, as long as you got the flashlight when it gets dark, I'll keep on walking. I'm not gonna look down walking. I'm just gonna keep walking forward. Yeah, because. You got in the footsteps. You're walking, you're telling me, telling me where to step. So as long as you got the flashlight, I'm gonna keep moving forward. And yes. just like what Miss Morgan said, dude, it's always about trying to move forward and quickly coming up with a plan when you feel like you're going backwards. Mm. I've had to learn that real fast. Like, you know, you know, come up with a quick, a quick plan, like, mm. you know when you're feeling crappy or like when your day just, you know, went down the toilet and stuff like that. And you know, you want to use stuff like that about face, pivot real quick, go do something else or do nothing. When I get cravings and stuff like that, I do nothing. I do nothing. I stay still. I don't move or anything like that. I just stop. That's good. That's good. Yeah. You know, um, the therapeutic value of one addict helping another is without parallel. And what that means is what we have to offer each other. I'm married to a recovering person. My husband is in recovery. And and so we have each other. We're weapons together, you know, Um, and and that that therapeutic value. I don't care what therapist you get, that they can be good and they can help you. But just like when uh, LHD, when you go to to your your support group y'all are weapons to help each other and to sit and share about you know some of y'all going through some of y'all have gone through and come out and you're you're there where you can help the next person see that there's light at the end of the tunnel and i was skeptical when i first went to meetings but you know what i did know i knew that i had to go somewhere Mm -hmm. and um and i wasn't able to get the answers. I, I went to church. I got high and went to church. No. And I'm a minister of the gospel and I love the Lord. But what I do know is that he's preparing a people. He's preparing a people to labor with the harvest. And in order to labor with the harvest that he's bringing in, we got to be aware of addictions. We got to have, yes. Yes. we got to know where to send people. We've got to have the 
power of God to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And we can't be in secrecy. We can't be hiding in our own mess and expect to walk in that power and authority because he can't trust you with that degree of weightiness of his of his uh, authority because it'll crush you because you can't get honest. If you can't get honest, you can't get free. And so you can't untie others the way he is intended for us to be able to labor with the harvest. You know, we, 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 when we get healed and we get delivered, when the children of Israel got delivered out of Egypt, he didn't say, okay, you delivered now go back and live with the Egyptians. Mm. No, you know, he, he brought them into a new land. I'm in a new land. I'm in a new land and I got a great light around me, the light of the Lord, the light of the son of righteousness. And I should be an attraction to those that are bound, that are looking and seeing a light. And I'm telling the truth about what I've been caught up in and what God has done, the power of God to bring me out and the how of how he brought me out. I had to get honest. I had to be open-minded and I had to be willing to follow a new way. That's the how, H-O-W, honest, open-minded and willing to follow Mm -hmm. a new way of life so that I could get, I couldn't keep holding on to what was behind me. Ooh. You know, I couldn't keep holding, brother. You keep praying for your friend, but you keep your distance. Because, oh, I will. Because he, listen, listen. If I'm around a person that's wet, they, they're. I'm talking about literally wet. A person that's dripping with water, and I'm dry, and I'm holding on to them. They're gonna get me wet before I can get them dry. Woo! And so, listen. Brother, you pray for him, but you keep your distance until God brings him out. Yeah, because I don't want to risk my own um, sobriety, right. like you that's said, right. because that's what's going to happen right there. You know, we're going to, you know, reminisce, chop it up or whatever like that. And then it's going to be like, oh, so you want to drink? And then you see right. the other thing, like from, and Ms. Morgan probably just this too, like, I know, like, where it goes with me as far as my addiction. I know if I start at A, it's going to be, it's going to quickly go to B, C, D, E, F, G, going all the way down the alphabet. Because you, you can't do one. Yeah, one is exactly. And a thousand is a thousand never is enough. Never enough. It's exactly. like today's potato chips. I yeah. bet you can't do one. No, nah, it really can't stop at one for me. Dude. And that's, that's the one that's I'm glad that I have like that knowledge that God, you know, put that on my heart and said, hey, dude, you're not a normal person. You know, you just can't go like everybody else. You can't do the social drinking. You can't just go and just go have, you know, a joint with your friends, which uh, it's legal here in California. But I, I, I'm passing on that. I'm passing on that. I got other things to do. Besides that, but no, nah, I mean, I'm so glad that he just he let me know and said, you know, this is how your progression is going to work. Mm-hmm. I and he put and he's told me like you already know this, but I'm just telling you, man, this is how it's going to work, and it's going to go quicker. Every the one thing about relapse for some odd reason, you know, a lot of addicts are they get surprised when it's a relapse. No, it's not a surprise. It's not a surprise. It's a process. Yeah, it's you got it right. It's a a myriad of things that piled up on top of each other, 
And now you're right back here. Um, the one thing I will say, though, is about at least my journey or whatever like that. At first, you know, being skeptical, I, 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 I'm not going to lie. I was white knuckling that thing. I mean, I really was white knuckling at first, you know. But I think it's because of being skeptical. But like once, you know, I started actually, just like you said, um, the how part, being honest with yourself, being open-minded about what people are going to give you if they're, you know, they're willing to pour into you, stuff like that, and be willing, you know, the willing for me was willing to admit what's wrong, willing to take direction from another person, you know, my sponsor or whatever like that, and, you know, be willing to work these steps, be willing to do this self-inventory every day, be willing, you know, to, you know, be of service to people if you can, you know, be willing to do all these things because just like you said, if you're not willing to do it, then, I mean, you're kind of wasting your time and you're bound for a relapse anyway if you're mm-hmm. not, you know, doing the how, like um, like Ms. Morgan said. I like how you said that, the how. Can you say that again? What was the acronym, Apostle? H-O-W. Can you give our listeners that again? Honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness. Okay. That's if how- you can't get honest, you can't get free. You got to be open-minded to to accept that there's a different way, a new way of life, and willing to follow a new way. How yeah. you going to follow the Lord? How you going to follow a new way of life if, if you're not willing? You're no. not. You know, you won't. You won't. It's good to see you, Coco. Hey, Coco. Hey, how are you? Uh, I was oh, just been listening. I was gonna wait, you know. I was I was gonna chime in when it when I had the time. Um oh, well. I, I, will, I will say this. Hey sweet pea, how are you? Um I will say this is I have not been one to personally be addicted to drugs or alcohol, but I've been addicted to other things. And and uh, uh, the thing of it is addiction is addiction, no matter what you're addicted to. Yes, ma'am. And a lot of people don't want to talk about it in the church realm why church folks are judgmental very oh yeah and at the end of the day they judge you based on things that they're not willing to judge themselves on and um they um you know would be quick to say well i thought that you were this i am that but i was also (laughs) this at one point (laughs) <laughs> just because I used to be this before salvation doesn't mean that because I told you my story that I'm no longer saved. My God. A lot of people do that to people. Yes. When they tell you their story, now they don't see you as saved anymore. They see you wow. as what you used to be. Wow. And if you're going to do that, you're just as bad as a person in the street. Because if you're going to keep labeling me as what I used to be, then why are we having this conversation? Right. And so in, in church realms, you know, that's what you deal with, with folks. And the reason why they don't want you to be too transparent is, hey, you being honest, you being real, that's yes. going to draw people. Yes. Why? Because you're being honest and you're being real. Yes. Realness draws real to it. It does. It does. So when you're in the church and he uses you in that aspect, now there's a problem 
because now the people are going to come to you because you have been through something. Yes. As to where they see this person that's standing behind the pulpit, you you act like you came saved out the womb and you didn't. Come on here. And so you know, it's it's one of the one of the situations as to where when you get people, and I love the fact that Apostle is transparent. You know yeah. me; I'm very transparent. I will tell you about my open book session, and and it, it's up to you if you you decide that you want to write a line in it. Come that's on, that's good. And so you know, at at the end of the day, just like Apostle said, is we have to learn how to wet the edge of each other. When you wet the edge, that means it's iron sharpened iron. You sharpening the blade. Yes. But I can't wet I can't wet your edge if I ain't never been through nothing. Mm, I can't that's tell good. you. I that's can't cool. tell you. I can't tell you about nothing I don't know. That's right. right? That, because that means I don't have the capacity to give it to you. Yes, That's right. So in, in, in life, the issue is we go to people that we know don't have the capacity. Mm. Because what we need. Herein lies the problem. You already got a board and you going to somebody that's going to make your board even wider. Woo, come on, come on. Come on, you walk that's, that's That's where you have the issue because you run into somebody that you thought could help you get wow. out of something, but they can't help you get out of nothing because they bound themselves. Yeah. They don't want to unbound yeah. themselves in order to help you, so they can't wow. help you. While you running to try to be free and you searching for everything to become free, they don't want to be free. Wow! And when you yeah. free, your light is so That's bright. It. Yes, mm -hmm. your it light is so things. bright that it shines on darkness. Yeah, and, and it it transparency. Your transparency speaks volumes to darkness. It says, yes. come out. You yes. can come out too. And yes. when people are ready to come out, they want to put, they want to dim your light. Yes. You know? And yes. that's because they, you know, yes. it's a human condition. They haven't yes. reached the end of yes. themselves. Because when you get to the end, you don't care nothing about what people think. You don't nope. care nothing about nothing. Mm -mm, no, nope. I want out. It's like running nope. out of a burning building. I'm just so glad to be out there. You could think what you want. I might be butt naked, but I'm coming out of here. That's yes. it. It's, yes. it's when you when you ready to be done with a thing, Jesus. It don't matter how you get free of it. Come on, you gonna get free. And it's just the fact of right when now. you when you are becoming free. When people don't want to see you different, that's what they do. They throw it back at you. Yes. So you just got delivered. Let's let's just use that for example. We in we in deliverance service. Everybody getting delivered. You hmm. went up because you was done. You tired of being sick and tired. You want this thing done. You plan on leaving it at the altar. You don't even want the remnants of it. Right. But your your homie lover friend that you <laughs> bought you know, in the church with you. Yeah, yeah. Standing behind you as you getting delivered. And in their mind, and sometimes they'll say it out loud. Oh, wow. they think they, they deliver now, but you wait until you just wait. You just wait until the night. And they may it may not even be that night, but you wait until next week. I'ma call you so you can go with me and I'm gonna take you to a place where you ain't supposed to be because okay. that's the atmosphere you just got delivered from. Yeah, but I'm gonna call you next week so I can take you back in it. Come on, that, yes. way, I, that way I, as your so-called friend, can test your delivery. Wow, yeah, and see, right. that's the reason. That's the reason that's why you got you got to hook up with the right people. That's right. You got to unhook from the wrong people. 
That's right. Cut them you, off. Keep, you keep staying hooked up to the wrong thing. Think, yes. of yourself, think of yourself as the front of the big rig. You the big rig. If they hook the wrong trailer to you, what's going to happen? Some bad gonna think about that. That's right. right. And you got to think about that. So you got to think about yourself as you are the commanding unit. If, I hook, if I hook all of these wrong people in places, what's going to happen to my unit? My unit going to crash. And Come I'm on. not going to let the wrong things make me go back and crash. I'm not, I'm doing it. I'm not going back to it. I'm not going That's back. The reason why when people get delivered, if you know about deliverance, we tell people quickly, do not put yourself in a place where you're going to be tempted to go back to. Don't do it. And stay right. away from it. Because, honey, nobody gets delivered and it's cold turkey. No. It, it doesn't happen that way. No, At it don't. Day, you could go good for a couple months and it'll come back up. And the enemy know what to do. Oh, course yes, he know. Let, let, let's go ahead and give this, this disclaimer. The enemy ain't after you. He's after what's in you. My God. That's right. And when you don't know what's in you, you open doors that he could just creep back into. Come on, Coco. So we, yes. We, we have to know what doors to open and what doors to close. The problem is, even after deliverance, we still leave doors open. We do. We don't close them. We do. That's the reason why he could just keep coming back in. Why? Because he know you. You already opened the door. My the door God. was never closed, so it's still open. He oh. know what to do. My God. He know what to send. He know what to put in front of you. He know who to have to call your phone and you ain't heard from them in 15 years. Come on. And the Lord will tell you don't answer it. That's it. Yes, but are you willing? Yes. Are you willing to listen to God? Come on. He know exactly what to do. The enemy, first of all, he don't do nothing new. His resume is three words. Kill, kill, and destroy. He ain't got nothing else to do. At the end of the day, it's nothing new. And on top of that, with his little three-word resume, he can't do it unless he got authorization. Woo. And so without the authorization and the clearance to you to do it, can't nothing happen. My Understand God. that the reason why God give him clearance, though, is because, look, okay, you say that this is what you want, so let me test you in it. Let me test it. it. Can't be tested, can't be trusted, boo-boo. So when you say that you got the faith to do this, Okay, let's see if you really got it. Come on. When I allow this to hit your house, can you hold on? Can the you stay with me? The you ground the door. Yes. You know what I mean? Can, when I allow this to hit you, how you going to deal with it? True. When I allow this thing to come, how you going to deal with it? When I put somebody who just like you in front of you, how you going to handle them? My God. Are you going to handle them the way people out people handle you and mishandle them? And so all of that comes into play. You think about how it felt when Apostle and, and Mr. Cedric was trying to get free. Yeah. Who mishandled them and then who handled them properly? Right. At the end of the day, yeah. I can bet you they were mishandled more than they were handled right. Let me tell you, oh, let me say yeah. this about that. God no. knew not to send me straight from the crack house to the church. Come on, See, I'd already been in church for Come six years here. before I started getting Ooh, hot. So fast forward almost 10 years, he was like, ain't no point in me sending you back there right now. He sent me to a 12-step program where I was received and I was not mishandled and people didn't shame me. They identified with me. Come they didn't compare themselves to me and they helped me grow and learn. And then 
And then he said, now I can trust you to let you go back to church because you won't morph into something that I have not called you to be. And, and, and let me say this, every time I got too comfortable in in uh, denominations and I got too comfortable because, I because you know, the leadership, uh, uh, the leader in me, the anointing on me always took me straight into leadership wherever I was. And every time I got too comfortable, the Lord would pull my coattail. And one day he said to me, I guess he was just tired of me because I had become uh, I, I I had become religious and, oh, and I wasn't, I wasn't testifying anymore. I was saying stuff like they know they need to just quit. They need to leave that alcohol alone. They need to just say no. And, and I had forgotten where I come from. And he's, I, he said to me, have I saved you for this? Come on here. And it got my attention. I was going down a rabbit hole. He had to pull me back up out of there and set me straight. I ain't been back in that rabbit hole. I promise you. And I and, and as a result of continuing to be who he have designed me to be and be transparent, you know, he has elevated me to where he has elevated me to. But I promise you, it's some folks that don't want to. Do, they they don't want to be bothered with me. And it's okay, man's rejection. Okay. Oftentimes, is God's protection. God <laughs> is keeping me for Himself. And That's so, it's it. some places He don't want to accept you because you don't belong there. Jesus. You would have to please and, and morph into something other than who he has called you to be in order to be accepted in some circles. Yes. My yes. God. My yes. God. You, the remnant, the remnant, listen. Come on here. The remnant. That's all I can say. The remnant. God got a remnant that's yes, not going to fit in with the status quo. He that's got a it. remnant that's going to trust him to the bitter end. Yes, yes. I know I'm on assignment. I have been, listen, I have been healed twice from pancreatic cancer. Jesus. 2010, 2012. The doctors say I have liver cancer. I don't look or feel like I have liver cancer. That's been yeah. since 2011 or so. Listen, God mm -hmm. got his hand on Ooh, us. Listen, listen, the answer to your dilemma, Coco, is in the making. Oh, God yes. is bringing you through, my sister, because you got a purpose. You a remnant. He, the master has need of you. And yes. so yet this thing that you're in right now is just another thing for him to untie you from, to ride you. And Ooh. when he rides you, he's going to ride you into the lives of some people that need to hear that testimony. Yes. Amen. My yes, ma'am. God got a remnant. Amen. I, and I believe that. He's and I listen, listen, we look at this world and it's look, it look like it's going to hell in a handbasket. But I promise you, God don't lose this battle. I read yes, the yes. end of the story. Yes. Yes. And he got a remnant that he going to move on in the earth for his kingdom to manifest and come on earth as it is in heaven. Yes, I'm yes. excited about the journey. Look, I'm saying, and no matter what it feel like along the journey, you still, you got to stay excited. It's going to be full of distractions and it's okay. it's okay. Let the distractions come. But what I know is that the distraction ain't bigger than my God. I know that. Yes. That's, that's the biggest thing about it. And you know what I mean? Everything costs you in life. Yeah. Yes. Whatever decisions you made, yes, your decisions cost you greatly. But you know what? What costs you more is when you choose to say, God, I don't know you and I don't want you. Ooh, that's even greater. That's a high price. You know, high you, price. 
that's that's the that's the biggest cost that there could be. Why do you know what you miss out on when you don't know him and you don't want no relationship? You think no, you missing out lot. in the world? You think you missing out in the world? The world ain't got nothing to offer you. Nothing. Not compared to what he can do. My God, that's the whole thing. What he can do is far greater than what man can do. We trusted man for so long, but then you don't want to trust God. Woo, we man with everything about your life. My God, you know why you trust him? Everybody that has some type of addiction, you trusted man. That's how you got it. That's right. You put your last twenty dollars in a hole and hope that some dope came back. That's That's how you got it. Come on, come on. When you God said it? he wanted to use me, you know, I, I hear people talk about how Jesus. when God said he wanted to use them, they was like, oh, God, oh, right. no, God. And, no, I was excited. I was like, oh, I've been used by many. If God can it's use me, because Lord knows I've allowed myself to be used by many. And God said he want to use me. Use me. Have at it, sir. Have yes. at it. What do you Come want on. from me? Tell what I got when God Take said he got me, I was like, really? Like, me? That, that's how I was like, that was my response. Me. We don't have to have a part two. Apostle got to get out of here. We don't have to have a part two, Apostle. I'm going to have to have you back. We got to look at these books before we get off here. Apostle is an author. I didn't get to the rest of her bio. I got to bring her back. But okay. I want to bring her books on and have her to talk about these books. So let me figure... Out. Let me get them on here because I, I walked through this real wonderfully earlier. And okay. this has been nothing short of amazing. Nothing short of amazing. All right. Share. Oh, hold on, y'all. It's so sensitive. All right. Share the screen. Bear with me, y'all. You got this. Okay. Cool. And it was so good to see you, Apostle. Good to see you too, Coco. All right, I think I got it. Let's give it a try. There you go. Nope, that's not it. Come on, technical person, and help me get this <laughs> back up. Okay, here. there you go. Gabby, can you come over? I don't know what happened to the book. It was up here so wonderfully just not long ago. It was. So I don't know what didn't happen. Did you change something on the screen before you? Came I didn't. On? I didn't change nothing. But let me try the other tab. It's two tabs on here. Let's try this one and let's see what that one does. Okay, no, it's not doing it. I'm sorry, everybody. Apostle, tell us about your books. So toxic relationships, we've touched on um, quite a bit of that as we've been talking today. Um, Toxic relationships, another addiction. Is it love or are you just thirsty? You can get it on Amazon.com. It is available. The book um, is five chapters. It's an easy read. Um, Chapter one, what is a toxic relationship? Chapter two, is it love or are you just thirsty? Uh, Chapter three, temptation is sure to come. And Coco touched on that. Yeah, the, the enemy's coming back knocking. Who, yeah. who answering the door? And uh, uh, then the final escape, the cycle of misery and disarming the power of the past and, and chapter five, maintaining a position of freedom. And I wrote the book um, in, in, you know, after the Lord brought me out and began to de- deal with me and he healed and delivered me from uh my relationship addiction, and I began yeah. to seek him to fill that void. And all of what he used to bring me out is in that book, in uh, 
user friendly uh, in a user friendly manner, um, so that people who read it, it work, it it it, it uh, mirrors a workbook in the sense that you can use it to journal your way out of toxicity, the toxic relationships that you may be in. And then the upcoming book, I'm so excited about the upcoming book, um, The Bride of Christ, talking about preparing for the return of the groom. And it's a practical guide for spiritual preparation because the scripture tells us that um, the bride must make herself ready. Yes. And, and so in, in being his bride, you know, we've got to look at our, our appetite and our, um, you know, how the bride's attire, can you even fit in the dress in Come the on, dress that he Come left on. you? Um, how, how is the bride to wash and make herself clean? The bride must wash. We want to, we're going to, uh, you'll, you'll read about, and, and I'm still working on this. The Lord is still giving me revelation and insight, but it's yes. a practical God. The father chooses the bride. The father has already chose us to be yep. the bride for the bridegroom, you know? And, and he knows, listen, just like he knew Mary could carry, he knew Mary could carry Jesus. Yes. Full term. He knew she wouldn't abort. My God. Mm-hmm. He got a people that he know can carry the weight of the anointing needed Ooh, in this hour to do his work. Come on. So we are, you know, so so in that we're talking about the bride's diet, the bride's attire, the bride's attitude, you know, uh, is she faithful or is she cheating while he's gone? Ooh. Is she reading his love letters? Oh, come on. We it, I'm excited I'm about excited. what the Ooh, Lord that, is doing. That one sound like it's gonna be good. That's gonna be a good one. Now Straight up, no chaser is her podcast show. Is that 12 noon every Saturday, Apostle? It is 12 noon every Saturday, unless we do Wednesday. Sometimes we'll do Wednesday evenings. And um, and so I'm I I've been seeking the Lord as to where he wants me to land this. Mm-hmm. Is it the you know the 12 o'clock noon etched in stone, or or will we vacillate back mm-hmm. and forth? Um, Wednesdays at 6 30 mm-hmm. or um, Saturdays at 12 noon. And where okay. could we find you on your social media platforms? Absolutely. Um, you can find me on Kingdom Keys Apostolic Hub or Pamela Morgan, either of those two. And I do have a business website, um, Key Insights LLC. And um, and so you can go there and it'll direct you to my website, which will um, guide you to the trainings that I provide secularly. Yes, that'll be part two, because we got to get into that. We got to get into that. Apostle, thank you. Thank, thank you. you so much for thank having you. me. Thank you. Good this meeting you, brother Cedric. Good meeting you. Good seeing you. you. <laughs> we will talk again soon. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Thank you, Apostle. God bless you. I bless you. Bless you. And Mr. Cedric, Ooh. I say congratulations to you, sir. Hats off to you, skies. Is the sky is the limit. Don't you stop running. <laughs> Keep looking ahead. And look yes. And thank Dude, you. That was a, it's been a long journey, honestly, for um, the addiction part, though. I mean, it's. Yeah, well. 
I wanted to, um, I wanted to um, do this. Um, I really did want to wow. do this and stuff like that because it's um, one of the things in, um, in my life that's important. Yes. Um, the other one, I mean, what you, I don't know, you guys don't do is uh, like, you know, you know self harm, suicide, like stuff like that. Um, pretty, um, pretty, uh, we deal with that. Yeah, we deal with that. Um, uh, we deal with oh, that. Oh, really? Okay. We deal with um, all that, brother. It's, it's yeah. part oh. of the human experience. And if somebody is going through that, all you got to do is reach out. If that's a show topic that you would love to do, get in touch it. with LHG. She can get in touch with me, but you can find me yourself on Facebook just by typing in my name. All you got to do is inbox me and let me know. Yes, because that's a very topic, brother. Oh, yeah. And I applaud you because you, oh. being a man, being willing to. Oh, yeah, I forgot I got a brother that's going to crap you. Yes, okay. I, I appreciate you being open, and I hope that more men see this and be inspired to just be honest, be open, be honest about what you're dealing with. Um, unfortunately, in our upbringing, we I think we taught men to not say anything, yeah, man up. Well, yeah, man up and come cause the man down. Yeah, yeah. No. Or, or or you just tell, or you just tell the man not to say nothing at all. Men, men don't do this. Men, men, men don't show their emotions. Men don't show their feelings. Men don't do this. And yes, they do. Because when a man show his emotions, it's no. you better listen. Nope. You better listen when he speak up. Yeah. I appreciate you so yeah, much. Yeah, that's what um, that's what my mom told me too. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. I love sharing what you got. I watch you guys stuff all the time. Thank anyway, you. so big fan. Big fan. I mean, I've watched uh watched Coco and you. I've watched, you know, some of the stuff that you guys done, stuff like that. I've even used some of like, you know, what you guys have uh, said and like implemented some of the stuff in my own life. And I'm like, oh man, you bless the Lord. Like yes. I can, like I said, I can't. We can't tell you what we don't know. <laughs> That's right. No, no. No, you guys hit the spot this time. Yes. No, you guys hit the spot. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate yes, sir. it. It was well, an honor. You have it a definitely was. <laughs> oh, that worked. <laughs> that work. You want I'm always in the comments anyway. So. Yeah, you got it's open invitation Let's either way. So like I said, all you gotta do is reach out when you're ready and you want to do a show talking about self-harm and suicide. We did That's it. We've done like three or four of them, but whenever you're ready, all you gotta do is let us know. All right. Yeah. Sounds like a good plan. Well, I better get to these kids because they're about to tear up some stuff. <laughs> yeah, because I, I we can hit them in the background. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> Thank you. Right, all right. You're welcome. You guys have a good one. You too. Well, you have Ooh. had a wonderful show. Well, you had an awesome show. I, I tell you that that was awesome, and it was a great move of God. Wonderful stuff was said, and I hope that the people that are watching, even the people that are going to watch the replay later, that yes. you are able to take in what was said and use I it. Pray that too, and use it. Because I promise you, they gave out some really good stuff. Yes. Some really good nuggets. And they were very transparent. And I know that it ain't easy. It's not. Yeah. It's not. And I struggle with even talking to 
about what I deal with because people have this certain view yeah. of you. Um, and they they want what you what what you got. They don't know the, the journey that, that it you, took for you to get it. Get to that point. <laughs> and you you see, you know, yes, LHG is is an extrovert, and when the lights camera go on, she brings it, but you don't know. That Behind just because the red doors. button was on there, I was like, I ain't feeling this. I ain't, I mean, it's just been a lot. Life been lifing. But right. this is what gives me joy. And no matter what your addiction is, no matter what you're dealing with, you got to get to something that gives you joy. Right. That can take you away from the other distractions. Something that really fulfills you and is a, a, a constant source of peace. I cannot tell you how grateful to God I am for putting it on Coco and Fred's heart to call me to do this. This has been a dream come true for me. Um, and I didn't know how to package it, didn't know how to deliver it to any viewers. It was just me and my little Facebook videos. Um, but I wanted to get back into it. I would do them here and do them there. But we talk about things that people don't want to, but yet it's so critical that if we don't, we won't make it. Mm -hmm. We simply won't. And I'm tired of being bound. I'm tired of having those lumps in my throat, trying to suppress what right. needs to come out. Uh, I want to be free in every area of my life. And we had all kinds of technical issues. I don't know why we're not on Facebook right now, but that's okay. Y'all share from YouTube to y'all Facebook pages. And get this out. That's never happened, but okay. it's okay. We're here. We're here. Well, people say they couldn't see you. It's not. It wasn't streamed to Facebook. It went to YouTube, but I don't know what happened where it didn't stream to the other pages. So okay. I just y'all who are in in the if you are in the chat listening, because normally the comments are lit up. So y'all share yeah. to your Facebook pages. Get in these comments. Replay comment keep keep the comments coming we will respond um we're gonna do a part two on addiction we didn't even cover food addiction uh some of us are emotional eaters uh we we kind of grazed on uh when it comes to a relationship that could be an addiction toxic relationship addictions you keep going to the wrong kind of people keep attracting the wrong kind of people what you're giving off we're gonna go there on part two we're gonna go there all right. So I need you all to remember that um, you saw the commercial at the beginning. There is a business brunch that Kyle Shonda is doing in Michigan. Uh, get your tickets, get your tickets, get your tickets. Networking. If you have a business, plan on having a business. In order to grow, you got to get in the right rooms. Right. Come out of the shadows. Right. Stop hiding. Okay. Success is not going to knock on your door and say, somebody call for success. That's not how this works. You're going to have to get out here and get your business known, get you some business cards, get your social media platform set up, do your live video. I'm talking to myself. I'm looking at my own face right now. <laughs> LHG. Do you hear LHG? <laughs> I mean, no more fear. No more fear. God has given us each an element of greatness. But you haven't been given to any water and it's dying and it needs nourishment. If I can get up here and, and walk out my calling, you can walk out yours. 
I need you to like. I need you to share. Remember, we have Coco's GoFundMe for her treatment. Please, I'll put the um, link in the comments. Thank you. I need you all to share it. Support. We need her well sooner than later. Thank you, Coco, for always being there for me. My girl has my back. Thank God. And, and during this Women's History Month, she is someone who I honor um, in every possible way. I thank God for, girl, I ain't going to lose no lashes today. <laughs> Sitting up here so nicely. <laughs> water. See, y'all already know LAG is a crybaby. We both a bucket of water when we gotta be. Y'all already know she go. This one last trying to go, but we have to do better honoring each other. I'm so grateful to Apostle for coming on and to Cedric for even saying like, right. hey, "G, this topic is yeah." I'm like, "Come right. on, bro, come on, rock with me." He didn't have to do that. People don't have to support you, right? I thank you all for coming on because this. Yeah, this is this is real as safe, sanctified, and holy ghost field as LHG is. She suffers from things that have come into my life, and I am working through them, but I can't work through what I don't call out. That's it. I'm tired. Don't claim this. Don't that's why so many people is in the cemetery now. They ain't want to claim stuff, and they took them right. Well, what was wrong? We don't know, right? We all know. Just call just 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 call call the funeral home. We don't know what's wrong. I ain't right. going out like that. I'm not going, and I I definitely want to do the show on what brother said about people who are experiencing suicidal thoughts yeah, and self harm. Self harm. Yeah. That's real talk. Yeah, because I, I know plenty what people dealing with. I know plenty of people when they deal with stuff, they go to cutting themselves and See? burning themselves, but they do it's all real. Stuff. It's real. So we need to address it. It's a part of the human experience. Yes. And we're not ashamed here at Trailblazers Radio to talk about we it. We go there. Oh, we go there. But it's necessary. We we want to help you and help ourselves at the same time. Right. right. I want to be free from these strongholds. So yes, we we love the Lord. Yes, I believe in prayer. I believe in all of that. But there's mm -hmm. clinical help that many of us need to get. Unapologetically, get your help. Yep. Please. You can't, you can't do it by yourself. Trust. You can't. You can't. And when you start to express it and open up and be honest, confession breeds healing. You start in the ignition when you start to finally say it is this, it is that. It is good for the soul. Oh, come on. I got to get off here. Thank you all. Mm. Next week, girl chat is coming in twice. What? That's right. Two girl chat with Grace. So on Tuesday night at 8 p.m., we dealing with divorce. Ooh. And I have a very special guest who is going to tell us her story and how she helps women to maneuver through divorce and live their life on purpose. We go on there. And then on Wednesday, we're doing part two of the state of the female friendship. And we're going to have a panel discussion because 
yeah, we're going to break this thing down. Why can't we get along? Why are we at each other's throat? Why are we sending these subliminal messages? And why aren't, why aren't we talking to each other? Why? Women's month? Women's. We're going to get this thing together. Okay, <laughs> women's. We're going to get this thing together. Okay? Coco, what you got coming up? Um, we got a show Monday night. Uh, the, I believe we got a guest, so don't ask me who it is. Somebody quit got. Yeah, just just don't in. We got a show Monday night. We supposed to have Q and A Thursday night, but it might get. <laughs> I think I think the Holy Ghost is working some stuff up for Thursday night, so okay. y'all just have to tune in because it may not be no yeah. Q and A, but I can promise you it might be somebody up there breaking the word, so you might get church yeah. on Sunday. Um, yeah, right, and so. And then I think Fred has a show coming up on Friday night. Okay. Um, I think he has a wonderful new um, author that is going to be on the show yes, Friday come night. on, authors, Allie. Um, and then, yeah, 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 since y'all have been asking, I'm finally going to give LHG the flyer to give it out to you guys because we will be having the versus battle on Sunday. Um, oh, you guys have asked, and I've been putting it off uh, just so I can feel better, but we're going to do it Sunday and get it out the way. Bring them um, out. Bring them other, out. Than, other than that, the big things that we have coming up is we do have the prophetic conference coming up in July. Mm -hmm. Um, the save the date flyers going out about that, where LHG is the MC of the night, and we have five wonderful, 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 wonderful people that will be speaking that night. Um, so awesome. and I have a lovely psalmist that will be singing for y'all, right? Well, so I'm excited. Me too. About what God is going to do, how he's going to yeah. do it, and how he's going to move. And then there's another conference coming up in September. Um, and that one is going to be in Carlton, Georgia. So if you are in the Georgia area, please feel free to come. That one is going to be two nights. I am one of the speakers for that conference. Um, okay, and, then and then we have two more that will be speaking um, at that time as well. So all I got to say is you better come ready and hold yourself down because right. I, I promise you he gonna bring it and and i don't know what god is trying to do but i do know that he is trying to unbind you in this season he's doing something to, get you to a point where you can move forward and be free in him yes. and be free to be you so yes and that's really what what we're all about is just getting to the point where we get some things off of us so we can really be free to be who god made us sometimes we ain't even tapped into the potential because nope. we're burdened down by these problems yep. and hiding and worrying and anxiety and depression and all this stuff. And that's what the enemy wants. If he can keep us anxious and depressed, the opposite of depression is purpose. My yep. therapist told me that. The opposite of depression yep. is purpose. Yep. When you know you have a purpose and you walking in that thing, you're less depressed. That's it. Oh, when she said, girl, you got something that I got to write that down. Yeah. And that's, that's the reason why I tell people all the time that you got to live every day on purpose. On purpose. Come on. And make it count because you have to do it on purpose. If you get up every day without a plan, something's Ooh, not right. That's right. You're supposed to have a plan, whether it's just you walking out his will for the day. Yes. Or you're just trying to be productive. You got to get up yes. every day with a plan and set in motion. Absolutely. And walk that thing out. Because you just can't go through life flinging it. That's not how it works. It's not how it works. I mean, and when Apostle 
she gave so many, so many nuggets. She even talked about sleep. Some of us ain't slept right since he was born. Yeah. Some of y'all ain't slept good since we're in your mama's belly. Right. And some and people now, and some people now, you have become, uh, you can't even sleep at all. Come on. You insomnia. Have, you have insomnia because you insomnia. and you and wonder why other stuff is, is is being affected. And it ain't nothing but what's going on in the mind. Ruminating the mind won't allow you to sleep. Come on, Coco. But we got we gonna have a show about it. We gonna LAG gonna bring it. We gonna talk about it. I y'all. already got. Man, let me tell you, we gonna unpack a lot. Already ready to do the sleep show. Yeah, we. we I'm gonna, gonna bring my pillar on the sleep show. We go. What's wrong? I'm telling y'all, sleep. When it comes down to sleep, you got insomniacs who can't sleep, and then you got narcoleptics who just fall asleep at any anywhere, time. anytime. And, wow. and that's also because of something that's depriving them. Yes, you know what I mean. Yes. And so you got to understand it to get it. And we're gonna yes. talk about it, y'all. I promise you, we're gonna we're gonna unpack a lot. We're unpacking a lot, and it's all stemming back. If you have been watching my show from the beginning, I told y'all I was going to deal with the seven dimensions of wellness. We're going around the wheel to all the everything, everything in divine order. Nothing lacking. I want every man, you get one thing together and something else. No, no. Right. We're going around the wheel. So and, we can touch every area. And understand this that if you are deprived of sleep or you sleep too much, it does mess with your health. We're gonna talk about that too. Let's do it. Um, we got it, y'all. Y'all, y'all just wait for it. Just wait for it. I promise subscribe. you. Click, click on the little clock and subscribe so you know what's going on in Trailblazers Radio Land. We yes, got we're going to talk about it. So Ooh. everything that she got coming, y'all, we're going to unpack it. Unpack whether, it. Unpeel it. Whether it's with critical conversations or whether it's with my life yes. habit, Trailblazers as a whole, it's coming. It's coming. So all stay right. tuned. Just stay tuned. I love you all. Thank you for tuning in, sharing, subscribing. Those of you who have supported my sister's GoFundMe, thank you. Share thank it, please. You, Share it, please. We appreciate your support. You don't have to be kind, but we thank you because you are. So we got to go. I'll be back on Tuesday for Girl Chat Weekly. We are out of here. Good night. <laughs>